Hello again, and welcome into another episode of the Data Center Frontier Show. I'm here with my counterpart uh, on the editorial desk, uh, David Chernikov, and we're sitting down today for an interview with Tiffany Osias. She is the VP of Colocation for Equinix. Hi, Tiffany. Thanks so much for joining us here today. Hi, Matt. Thanks for having me. And uh, in case uh, people in our audience are to work, could you just give us a little bit about your background uh, with uh, Equinix and uh, the work that you're doing? Yeah, so for those who don't know, Equinix is a global co-location company. As of today, September 19th, 2023, we have 250 data centers in 71 metros in 32 countries around the world. And I've been with Equinix now for just over seven years in a variety of roles. Most recently, um, I was given the honor of leading our co-location business, which is really our flagship product. Very good. And so uh, we're here today uh, principally for a conversation about uh, Equinix's uh, approach to critical innovations such as liquid cooling um, in response to issues such as AI in the data center and its impact on data center infrastructure. Uh, including current on-the-ground strategies being executed uh, right now by uh, your company that can help uh, enterprises be uh, future ready. So taking it, I guess, from from a high-level uh, view, uh, what's, uh, what's your update for uh, uh, Equinix on all those uh, things that I just mentioned? Yeah, so, um, you know, it's great that you're asking about innovation because one of our principles is to innovate with and for customers. You know, it's why we continue to invest and grow that we, the way that we do. You know, we spend, call it $3 billion of organic investments each year to put ourselves in a position to be able to deliver for our customers. So that's through, you know, adding new locations, entering new markets, putting new services on the platform, and enabling them to do things like enter new markets, cost containment, come up with competitive advantage, and as you can imagine, in order for companies to do that, it takes a whole bunch of data. You know, and this is why I think AI is becoming such a hot topic right now is because the access to data is so much more prolific now than it has been even five years and certainly 10 years ago. So as customers are um, using more data to make decisions about where to expand, who to sell to, how to optimize costs, they're using AI and machine learning, as you well know, to help make these decisions. <clears throat> and there are a whole host of things that go along with thinking about AI for an organization. And the way that Equinix helps enable that for customers is by, of course, giving them the same secure, reliable service that they're used to today by putting their equipment within Equinix, but also coming up with new ways to cool it. You know, because these um, boxes that do high-performance compute, of course, require a lot more power, and with more power requires, you know, better and more efficient ways to cool. And liquid cooling is certainly one of those options that we've had customers now using on our platform for a couple of years. On liquid cooling uh, in, in particular, is there uh, any uh, update you can uh, give us about what I... Uh, Equinix is doing. I'm uh, looking at another uh, news article here uh, where you told the media outlet that uh, Equinix plans to deploy closed loop liquid cooling in uh, six data centers 
this year. Um, what's what's the liquid cooling uh, update for uh, Equinix? Yeah, so um, you're right. And our customers have been asking us to innovate more in this area. We're just seeing so much more demand, Matt. So it started with, um, I think late last year, we put our own metal infrastructure services in liquid cooling. You know, So we were really running production environments in liquid cooling, um, as well as other customers starting to dabble as well. And many of the customers that have been dabbling in this over the last few years with us have been doing so with rear door heat exchange technology, you know, where they're um, heat, uh, like a closed, uh, self-contained, you know, closed loop system, um, that they're doing their own heat transfers through a rear door heat exchanger. And now we're seeing customers want to move from that into, you know, a full liquid to liquid environment. And that's what you were asking about where um, we'll be taking on um, putting the architecture in place for these customers and give them a chilled water tap through CDU cooling distribution unit, and then letting them bring their liquid cool enabled direct to the tip um, equipment into Equinix in locations across EMEA, Americas, and AP. So that's happening here in 2023, and it's really like an enterprise available solution for those customers that are more architecturally advanced. So the flip side of that would be what kind of rack densities do you plan on offering? Obviously, there are people that are specializing in, in HPC and AI with like 35 kilowatts of rack. Uh, there was a recent announcement from, from Digital Realty. They were going to offer 70 kilowatt racks in 28 of their data centers. Uh, do you have any plans to offer standardized high density racks? Yeah, and, and you know we've been offering high density racks for customers for quite a while. Um, both air-cooled and air-assist liquid-cooled and then full liquid-cooled. So yes, we're seeing, much, much like a lot of other folks are, an increase in density you know, across our customer base. Because as you mentioned, in order to do high-performance compute, you know, it requires that additional power, which is more density you know, per rack or per cabinet. And we do have customers you know, running and you know, in the, depending on what they're doing, like 10, 20, 30, 50, um, you know, and above KW per rack today, um, and would continue to be able to solution that for customers, you know, depending on where they are and what kind of cooling technology they need and how much of it. You know, each of our customers gets a bespoke footprint within Equinix where we really go through like a thorough architectural review with them on what are their power consumption needs and what are the cooling capabilities we can enable them, you know, depending on where they want to deploy. Thanks for that, Tiffany. I wanted to ask you a question about how uh, liquid cooling factors into the overall data center sustainability picture for uh, Equinix, and if uh, the uptake of uh, of uh, LC technology is uh, uh, tangibly sort of uh, impacting that uh, sustainability uh, focus. Yeah, I mean, I think about sustainability from a net impact perspective you know, really end to end. So on the front end, when we talk about liquid cooling in particular, it's how much of physical footprint is required now, you know, how much um, manufacturing is required, how much steel actually makes the box that's going to be doing the high performance compute. And in these high dense deployments, far less, you know, because the actual physical footprint of this equipment is different. There's fewer carbon emissions, you know, required to create it. Um, and then when you put it into a co-location facility like Equinix that's been operated at a very um, efficient you know, range, 
I know you all think about PUE as just as we do in the data center, but when you put it in a solution like an Equinix, you know, that already has a very optimized low PUE, there's that aspect of it. Plus then there's the renewable energy, you know, that we're using to power that um, high performance compute um, deployment. And then there's the cooling part of it. And the more efficient we can get with cooling, you know, the better the carbon emissions are as well. So I think there's a, you know, full net solution to think about all the way from manufacturing into the production environment. Thanks. You mentioned that you, you're already uh, offering liquid cooling uh, or the facility of liquid cooling in a number of your data centers. Um, do you sit down with your customers and look at their uh, IT workloads and say, oh, that would be best served with a rear door heat exchanger. You know, this is an air-to-air -air solution. This is an air-to-water solution. Maybe I need direct liquid in this situation. Do you, do you work through their options for that, or do you just offer them the capability of doing any of those things and leave them on their own? No, that's exactly what we do, Dave, is we talk to them about, you know, what is it that they're trying to accomplish? How big is the density? Where is it going? Um, what kind of equipment they're already using and familiar with? What are the people within the organization comfortable working on? You know, because there's the operating condition of those folks as well. Or are they going to use 100% of the Equinex smart hands, you know, to help manage that equipment? So we talk through that, you know, full soup to nuts. What's the architecture? What are they trying to accomplish? What are their capabilities, um, personnel and technical? And then help consult with, you know, what is their best, you know, way from our perspective on how they might want to deploy that. That's exactly what we do. Thanks again for that. Um, <clears throat> beyond uh, cooling, um, what are some other uh, ways that you've observed that uh, the uh, the AI trend this year we've called AI, you know, twenty twenty three an inflection point year for AI. What What are some other ways that you're seeing uh, AI uh, this year in particular um, impact uh, uh, the Equinix uh, approach to uh, data center infrastructure, whether it's uh, in, inside the buildings or um, the, the customer approach? Yeah, I mean, I think about um, on the enterprise side in particular, you know, we have a number of enterprise customers, like we've got 10,000-ish customers across our platform. So on the enterprise side in particular, um, it's where is the data? So it's the same use cases we've been talking about, you know, having um, storage adjacent to the cloud and who are the different data sources that customers need now to amalgamate together to create inference with AI? So that takes into consideration what's the proximity to the data and who are the people that are in the ecosystem that you're going to need to be able to make decisions with that data? You know, and that turns into a conversation with customers around who are those different people you'll want to interact with? What's your interconnection strategy? In addition to what's your data storage strategy? In addition to then, What's the footprint within Equinix, you know, and how would you pull it back to that liquid cooling piece? So it's really a full conversation around, you know, technology and business partnerships that are going to be required for companies to make really meaningful decisions with this data through the use of AI and machine learning. And then when they've made those decisions, who do they need to communicate them with? You know, is this something that's happening in an autonomous vehicle where it's making decisions at the edge? Is this something that's happening in high-frequency trading you know, with financial advisors and what kind of algorithms they're using? Is it happening in the retail chain, you know, like hotel manufacturer, hotel chains, thinking about how they might be able to better their loyalty programs or attract new customers and markets? 
you know, each of those examples has their own ecosystem of companies that they also want to interact with once they procure the data and make decisions with them. Thanks for that. And um, another question, um, I read where uh, your company is aiming to achieve 100% renewable energy coverage by uh, uh, 2030. Uh, can you give us an update on uh, Equinix's uh, uh, pursuit and uh, use of uh, renewable uh, energy uh, for data centers? Yeah, it's something we're really proud of. Um, you know, it matters to us being a, a, a facility that allows customers to consume so much energy and power. Um, so it matters a lot to us. And we have been on a very um, deep pursuit to get to 100% renewable, as you mentioned. Um, we finished last year at 96%, you know, which is a great accomplishment for our goal so far. And I think that we will continue to, you know, progress in that area. And we, I think, my prediction is 2030 will happen for us, you know, if not, maybe a little bit sooner. David, anything, uh, anything to add in terms of a question on the on the renewable or the sustainability piece? Um, not specifically. Uh, I see that you are a, a partner with uh, AWS and Google and Microsoft in terms of providing more efficient access to their networks. Um, I think you also partner with HPE with GreenLake. Um, are you basically, when you work with any of those exterior vendors, do you just sort of step away and let, that, let the customer deal with the vendor directly? Are you an intermediary per se? Are you providing the kind of uh, support that the customer needs to determine which of those services work best? Or do most of your customers come to you and say, I'm already on AWS, I'm already on, on, a, on AWS, uh, you know, how, how am I going to handle this? You know, we, we find that a lot of our customers do have a hybrid multi-cloud architecture, you know, meaning that um, they use multiple cloud operators and in some cases, you know, one or a few data storage providers, which were, I think, a couple of the examples you'd had there. So meaning customers might have, in your example, HPE GreenLake, you know, might be their storage provider and that sits at Equinix. Um, so now they've got their storage located with GreenLake at Equinix. But then they might use some cloud for computing purposes. And they might have some with AWS and some with Microsoft, some with Google, you know, the couple that you mentioned. Um, and so customers do already typically have that kind of architecture. What we do is come help them figure out how to optimize that architecture and how to take that storage that now sits within Equinix and be able to interconnect with those cloud operators either through a physical interconnection circuit, you know, an actual cable, or through our fabric platform, which allows them to then have a logical connection, you know, where they could spin up or down those connections into those cloud providers. So we do certainly talk to them about, you know, the best way for them to architect that within Equinix, but we find that many of them are using multiple providers. And do they ask you about operational efficiencies for their hybrid cloud solutions? Sorry, can you say that one again? Do they ask you about operational efficiencies for their existing hybrid cloud solutions or to implement on your platform? I think what customers mostly ask about is what are other companies doing really well? You know, and how can they take those learnings from other companies and try to replicate them? So right. customers are very interested in hearing about case studies and successes or actually more often failures. You know, what should I prevent? 
what should I not do that someone else has already done? We get a lot of questions about that. A list of the gotchas for them to, to avoid. Yeah, exactly. Sounds good. Well, Tiffany, you just mentioned the uh, the Equinix fabric, and it it put uh, into my mind uh, to ask you about uh, a larger trend that we that we cover here at uh, DCF, which uh, we call the uh, cloudification of uh, colocation. I, I I think you were just addressing it, but um, is there anything more uh, to say about that uh, the the direction that uh, that trend is moving in? And then uh, also it leads to um, you know a follow on question just about uh, what what are the signal uh, trends uh, besides uh, AI and cooling uh, that we're talking about here that you're seeing uh, right now in uh, colocation? Um, so a lot of things to those answers. Um, you know maybe I'll work in reverse order. Trends I think are certainly around sustainability. You know, almost every organization on the planet is fortunately we're in this together, you know, and thinking about ways that we can create a more sustainable future. Um, and that includes things for Equinix, like changing our operating temperatures. You know, we were the first to announce that we were going to expand or widen our operating temperatures, which provides us the ability to have a reduction in carbon emissions. And for every one of the customers that sit within our IVXers, all the sustainability goals we achieve, you know, they achieve. So this is all gain for them. Um, so sustainability is certainly something that customers are talking to us about, asking about, and we're designing for. So I mentioned that widened temperatures is one. A second is around heat waste reuse. You know, we try to be as efficient as possible with the excess heat that all of this IP architecture creates. And we do things like in-house stinky. We participate in district heating, you know, helping heat 12,000 homes. In Paris for 2024, the Olympic swimming pool, we're going to help heat that, some of our heat waste. You know, so we're thinking about heat waste reuse, um, all things that our you know, customers certainly appreciate. Sustainability is certainly one trend. Um, another trend that you were you know, kind of started with is around fabric, you know, and it's really about digitization, is how I think about it. Yeah. So how can customers digitize their business? And, but then how can Equinix digitize our experience with our customers. You know, and fabric is one way to do that. And it's really by opening up all of those thousands of providers that we have on platform Equinix. You know, with those 10,000 customers we have, one person's customer is another person's service provider or supplier. You know, so how do we get them to be able to communicate with another? That's our fabric interconnection across the platform. So like if there is a SaaS operator that's in Silicon Valley, um, but another customer is in Texas, a customer in Texas can connect through Fabric to that customer in Silicon Valley. You know, so enabling that digitization for customers is one. Another form of digitization is around how customers are now increasingly have the ability to self-service within Equinix portals and APIs. Um, you know, we're finding many customers want us to be able to um, expose APIs to them so that they can put us right into their workflow, you know, to make their organization more efficient or things like ordering these fabric ports or, you know, having visibility into the services that they're using with Equinix. You know, those are two things on the sustainability front and the digitization front that we're doing quite a bit with customers on. Absolutely. David, any, anything to put in, uh, in terms of a question on, uh, that, uh, the digitization uh, front that uh, Tiffany was just discussing uh, here. 
Well, at any rate, I, I, I don't know if uh, David is on mute or had to step away for a minute, but um, sorry about that. That's okay. Uh, Tiffany was just uh, discussing uh, digitization and uh, APIs uh, that uh, Quinix uh, offers. I was just wondering if, uh, you know, since that's sort of your bailiwick, if 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 uh, if there was anything you wanted to uh, add in terms of a question there. You uh, see a lot of customers taking advantage of the interconnect between Equinix data centers to build replicated services or anything of that nature? Absolutely. Yeah, we absolutely are. Um, replication of data is certainly one use case. Exchange of data with other partners is another use case. Um, you know, redundancy from, you know, carrier diversity, a lot of use cases across interconnection. I mean, it's certainly one of the things that customers come to Equinix for in addition to our global reach is our interconnection. Thank you. Well, Tiffany, um, you know, it's it's sort of a, a final uh, question that I like to ask anybody who comes on the podcast. But is there anything that we haven't asked about or uh, discussed in the in the realm of uh, co co-location and uh, clinics that you wanted uh, to discuss or uh, get out to our uh, audience uh, by way of discussion uh, as long as we have you here? Well, I appreciate the opportunity. You know, I think I talked a little bit already about our reach and our ecosystem density and our innovation. Maybe the, you know, the fourth thing that I haven't talked about is our people. You know, we have the magic of Equinix. It's why you have people like myself and many others that really build a career here is because of the magic of Equinix. You know, we are surrounded by excellent people and we truly put the customer at the center of everything we do. So I'm always so honored to talk on and on about how great our culture is and how much we take care of one another as humans and then as humans take care of our communities and then take care of our customers and partners. So thanks for giving me the chance to brag about our people. Absolutely. Um, we we're thrilled to get uh, Equinix uh, on the podcast um, and we hope it won't be the last time. So thank you again and to everyone out there on behalf of uh, David Chernikoff uh, and myself, uh, thanks for tuning in again to the DCF Show podcast. We'll catch you next time.